Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat. And I'm Christine. And today on the show, we are tackling the question of how the heck do you plan for and then pay a large short-term expense? Being people in our 20s and 30s, it sometimes feels like we're right in the height of adulting that comes with some pretty lumpy costs. You know, those things like moving overseas, buying a car, looking after your health, getting pets, planning weddings and paying for honeymoons. The list goes on and on and on. (laughs) It literally does just keep going. It does keep going. Layered on top of this is often an element of time pressure, whether this is something of our own doing or it's one that society puts on us. So today we'll be talking about how you not only plan, but also save for these expenses, how you can prioritize and reframe what's important to you so that you can make it happen. To kick us off, Christine, we're going to start with some stories. So question for you, what's the most expensive thing you've blown some savings on? (laughs) It's a great starting point. Um, So a car, firstly, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's quite a common one that a lot of people will be able to relate to. But then the second thing for me is personal development. And I know that's a bit of a buzzword, but what that looked like was kind of courses and reinvesting into coaching and mentorship sure. and stuff like that. So I think I have a lot of kind of guilt around that because it's not something that is widely accepted or as a normal expense or something that you could put a lot of money into. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people think, oh, yeah, cool, blow, like spend um, 10 to 15K on a, on a new car or whatever yeah. and that's that cost is justified but a lot of people don't think that personal development and coaching and things like is worthy of a huge expense so so true yeah that's real. okay so yeah. how much was the expense <laughs> oh, yes. to admit? <laughs> yeah so a, the car from memory was about eleven thousand, and i yeah i mean i did get a little bit of help from my mum with that um and i think i probably contributed about two thirds um and i was I was about 19 as well. So that felt like quite a big expense. And then personal development. Yes, I can tell you're really like (laughs) nervous about admitting this one, which is kind of why we're talking about it. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So collectively, including like flights and things, because I went Mm. and traveled to Australia and four courses and things, probably about 10 to 15K. And I mean, I would say not that I need to justify the expense, but it's paid dividends because I think, yeah, for me, it's kind of like investing in a, an advisor or even in a psychologist. Yeah. Like you don't oftentimes see that result straight away or if you like it's a long term. It's not like when you buy the car and then it's in your driveway. Exactly. And it, you lose value as soon as you drive it off the yeah. parking lot, right? <laughs> but at least with personal development, the value just keeps on growing. Yeah, it compounds ex- within yourself. It's like a gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. <laughs> Very different. Yeah, oh, so, so good. How about you? Um, so I would say probably if we're thinking about the most expensive thing, it would definitely be uh, my wedding. And well, Luke and my wedding, I need to obviously marry someone, (laughs) not just my wedding. Um, But that kind of is lumped into like the year 2019, which in my mind will be forever referred to as the year of spending money, because I just felt that exactly as I said in the intro, like there were so many life events that just came with these constant expenses, one being 
obviously getting married and then very soon after honeymoons and then um, we'd also just gotten some pets and all that sort of stuff. So it definitely is something that's challenging. And then I guess I should probably say how much. Yeah, so I was that was say, let's yeah. hear so uh, I guess like a lot of people, we did get some family help for the total wedding cost, but the amount that we contributed from memory was about $20,000. And then we paid for our honeymoon, which I think in kind of total, when I wrapped up all the total costs for that was probably another $15,000, mm-hmm. which sounds very expensive. But for those listening, we went to the Rugby World Cup because my husband <laughs> is a diehard rugby supporter and I'm a which very supportive Australian. <laughs> but yeah, this is, I think, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk to about today is like often when these life events happen, all these expenses, I guess, are tied to a lot of life events. You naturally want to do these things like really soon. Um, and then you put the pressure on yourself to basically hustle to make it happen. And it's like, well, is there an easier way to maybe do this? How, how does it work in terms of if we're thinking about these life events that most people will encounter in their 20s and their 30s? Like how do we actually plan for this with a little bit more planning as opposed to just ad hoc decide to do them? But then also on the flip side, if the reality is that, you know, things pop up and you do want to do them soon, like how are some other ways that you can afford that to make sure that you're not going backwards financially or not too reliant on debt? Because that's the other thing is I guess that's where people get into like a bit of a debt hole, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not setting yourself up for success at all. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so I guess we wanted to talk through some examples of like what Christine and I did in terms of some of these big expenses, how we afforded it, and then maybe talk through on reflection, what should we have done (laughs) if we were planning a little bit better? Um, And then hopefully that helps you guys listening as to some of the lessons around that. So one um, that really easily came to mind to me was Luke and I moved from Melbourne to Auckland four years ago. And when we decided to do that, like a lot of things, we just decided it real quickly. I think we decided in about October or November. And then I was on a plane in like February. So it was a very quick turnaround. And as anyone that's, you know, even traveled overseas or gone on their away, there's all those minimum costs, right? Like we had to pay for flights, but then we also had to pay for moving all of our stuff and finding a flat and all of that kind of stuff. So we set ourselves a really ambitious goal of saying, I think we sort of roughly budgeted, this is how much we think we'll need to move to cover all of those costs. And then also set us up to, you know, have money for a bond for a flat and that kind of stuff. And at the time we just worked overtime. So Luke was luckily in a job where he had the ability to do that. He worked, basically took on every extra shift that he possibly could. And we saved really, really hard of that money. But if that wasn't an option to us, I don't know how we would have done it. In terms of like, your health costs or like personal development was that something that came about quite quickly or had you kind of been planning it in the back of your mind and then how did you actually save for it or spend it yeah that's a great question so another kind of for context a big cost that I'm looking at spending now and I've actually just committed to is it's about five grand and it's a um a health program over six months um to try to sort out I guess, some health health issues. And yeah. I have been sitting on this for about two or three years. I've known about it since I moved in with someone who like works at that place. And I've been kind of being fed it this whole time, but it's taking me two to three years to actually a justify the cost to myself, mm. but also feel comfortable spending that amount of money and, and reinvesting it in myself as well to be like, yeah, yeah, I see the value. Um, and also now I'm in a way better financial position to be able to to do that so when I first started considering it I 
was working like I think I was on a salary of I don't know like 50k or something like that mm. and I had quit my job or I guess I met this person when I was working in that that role but then I decided to go traveling and put my money there because it's funny like how easily we can justify the expense of spending 10k on a trip or 20k on a trip to Europe yeah. to go traveling and all these like luscious things but then we don't you know, it's so much harder to justify that cost with something like our health. Yes. Um, did that and then got into some debt, obviously, and now I'm back up to a point where I can. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like there's so much that kind of feeds into that decision-making process of like, mm-hmm. why am I more than willing to spend on this? And like, how, why am I taking so long to get across the line as well? Yeah. yeah. And how, I guess, how you approach money. Because I know one thing, just as a slight side note that we've talked about is often people have like different mental buckets that they put money into. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have your day-to-day money that's for your expenses. But then if you're thinking about most of these things um, are totally outside of your day-to-day expenses, they're completely one-off and something separate. And oftentimes people then think about them totally distinctly and have different rules for better or worse around how they would potentially afford that. And it's not totally illogical, but I guess that's our brain. Exactly. And I think the conclusion I've come to is I don't want to ask for other people's opinions on how I spend my money especially with Mm. lump sums purely because I know I know deep down that I've wanted to do this for ages yet I've let other people talk me out of it for two years because I just value their opinion right yeah whereas I keep coming back to this point of like oh no this is actually something that I want to do yes I I feel like it's so important (laughs) with these big things and even with you know uh, like 20k or even some people spend a lot more than that Mm. on their wedding or like 50 I don't know, 100K? I don't know. Yeah. Is that a thing? Oh, I've 100% heard of weddings costing 100K. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> like, it's so easy to sit here and judge that when really that's just a choice that they make in their head. Yes. You know, and I guess that's a super important point, right? You know, the examples that we're giving today might sound to some people like totally ridiculous things to spend money on. And you're always going to have people that think that, but ultimately we're making those decisions based on what we value. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking about whether or not you want to spend money on, one expense or another it does come down to okay well what's important to you as a person what do I actually value how does that work and I know for me like just being I guess the kind of more rational person around like finances and money and investing and being quite ambitious and like the family CFO it did take me a really long time to rationalize in my own mind just how much cumulatively, like including the money from our family, we spent on two weddings. I was like, oh my God, this is so extreme. Like, this is just ridiculous. People do not need to do this. I was like, Kat, this is just rein yourself in. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it was something that was important to both Luke and I. It was super important to our families. And there were elements of that that I just needed to accept. Whereas I guess, you know, then other examples um, would be our car. We had a second hand car when we first moved to New Zealand. That lasted a couple of years and then it blew up on the motorway, which was a total disaster, which I won't get into, but that happened. Um, And then for a period of time, we didn't have any money to buy another car, but that was okay. That was a choice that we were quite happy with. We wanted to spend other lump sums. We had money. We were just choosing not to spend on a car because it wasn't something that we prioritized as much as other things we were doing. And that's, I guess, exactly to your point, right? Where Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to stop listening to other people's opinions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think thinking about how much it affects you on the day-to-day like not mm-hmm. having that thing as well so for me not having this co- this health thing is actually a huge cost to me on my daily basis because I want to get to feel better and to be, be at full best. energy and things yep. like that so like and back to your point of the wedding often like those big gatherings and things like that 
yes, they're about you, but they're also about your family so and like, people. yeah, bringing them together. And, yep. um, what's like, that could be the last chance that everyone comes together with your grandma or like, yes. you know, things like that. So it's not so linear. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is not so linear. So on that note, how should you, and I say should in, you know, air quotes, yeah. air quotes, because <laughs> Lots of those today. if you read your typical finance book or go and see an advisor, how should you afford these types of expenses? And what's the, I guess, best practice way to do it as a sinking fund. And I'm assuming that this is new terminology for you. Yes. I've actually never heard of this before. So. It's kind of funny. I, to be fair, I actually do didn't really know what a sink like I knew what a sinking fund was in terms of its idea but I didn't know the term sinking fund mm. for quite a while and then when someone explained it to me I was like oh I've been doing that for ages I just didn't know it was called a sinking fund my head immediately just goes to emergency fund I'm like oh yeah is that the also same thing? I feel like sinking fund has a real negative connotation yeah it's like, <laughs> like sinking <laughs> 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 Exactly. But guys, it's the total opposite. The point of a sinking fund is that it's a strategic way to save money by setting aside a little bit each month or each week. And every month you set aside money in either one or multiple categories to be used for a later date so that you're saving up a small amount regularly for a certain period of time before you spend it. A lot of people are probably doing already. They just don't know that this is what they're doing, whereby, you know, let's say you got someone does get engaged and then you're like, okay, we're going to have our wedding in 12 months. We know that we have 12 months to save for this cost. And therefore you're probably, I would imagine, or at least hope going to be saving regularly for that next 12 month period of time. The main thing, I guess, with a thinking fund as well is like, there's no ability to have instant gratification. So this is yet yeah, really all around the premise of like, you don't buy something until you have the cash. Makes sense, that's a sinking fund there to yeah. draw from. So if you're contributing regularly, if you, I know with things like weddings, there's minimum deposits that you have to pay up front. And so if you're yeah. kind of building that over time, it's not going to be like, oh, I'm hit with this massive cost. Yep. That was unexpected, right? Because yep. you've got the money there. You've got the money like cumulatively growing and then you can take out from it when you need to, yep. which is totally true. If you're thinking about this and you're like, okay, I do want to save for something. How can I make a sinking fund work for me? You've got two levers that you can pull, right? You can change the time. So when you want to pay for that expense or you can change the amount that you can save. Now, for some people, either of those things won't be flexible. So for the likes of, you know, a lot of people getting married, you may not have a lot of flexibility on your time dependent on, you know, if you have people overseas or a certain venue that you're trying to work within or you want to get married in a certain season. So that can make it more challenging. But then also, I guess, in terms of the amount that you can save towards this, a lot of people won't necessarily have flexibility with that because of there are other expenses. Um, I know for Luke and I at the moment, you know, our savings capacity is about $500 a month. So we just have to be realistic that like, if we want to buy something, it has to work within that. An example for you guys that love to do a bit of maths. So <laughs> I won't name the expense because I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit what it is, <laughs> but we want to buy something. <laughs> we want to buy something. Well, we have something on our wish list. I should say it's not an urgency. It's on our wish list that costs about like $2,400. So it's not a small expense. It's something for our house. If we wanted to put all of our savings capacity towards that, you basically take $2,400 divided by 500 and we would be able to afford that in roughly five months. So if we started saving now in April, we could go and buy that item in August. Easy. Done. Sounds, Sounds great. Theory. What happens when it's not so easy? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And when you're saving, capacity is quite low. To your point, Christine, it becomes really important to know what's important to you. That's what helps you determine whether you should tweak your budget to either increase that savings capacity number to be higher or lower. And how do you prioritize that around, you know, your daily coffee or I was going out with friends on the weekend? Like, is this thing that you're saving for more important than that for you? And is that what you want to prioritize? Well, you can't answer that for you. That's Uh, something you need to think about. Yeah. An example for me is um, with this health thing. Basically, because I want to really contribute or do that program really well, I'm thinking about, okay, well, what are, what do I, what kind of even foods or whatever do I mm. need to cut out or change to then um, facilitate that? And one of them is probably my daily coffee, which I'm really sad about, but, <laughs> you know, and the caffeine. And so <laughs> yes. then it's, I think also when you have a goal that you're working towards, naturally you'll start to value those little things less or realize that that is not Uh, positively contributing to that end goal yeah that then makes it a little bit easier to tweak your expenses accordingly to help you achieve what it is you're working towards yeah yeah and also and understand the sacrifice or be willing to actually make that sacrifice now Mm. for that to reach that goal right because there is a driving goal that's going to force you to do that right yeah so what if it doesn't work out what if you haven't been saving for a sinking fund like how what do you what do you do any thoughts on that yes (laughs) You're making this face on me that you know like something bad is coming. And I'm like, tell me. I guess I just thought of basically when I got into debt. So that was a a knock-on effect of A, not planning well, but also prioritizing those big expenses first and using my savings for that. Mm. And then as a result, realizing, oh, I actually have no money left for anything else. And so then I have to get into debt. So that's kind of one knock-on effect. But I would imagine that if you – let's say wanted to fund your wedding and you don't have the money, then you can look to take on personal debt or look at a credit card or things like that to put the money on. And then oftentimes it's actually a lot harder to pay off that money if you kind of know that it's going to, you know, that interest is really going to accrue at the 12 to 20%. I would totally agree with that because in the spirit of honesty on this podcast, which is what we're all about, we have definitely had expenses, uh, not necessarily by choice that we've opted to pay for on a credit card. But, you know, one example is um, we, our cat got quite sick when they were like 10 months old. And so we ended up putting him through quite expensive surgery that at the time we had no cash to pay for. So we did put that on a credit card and having done that and, you know, done that in other circumstances as well, like the honeymoon, which I talked about on another ep, um, at the time when you're doing it, it's sometimes really easy to rationalize and you're like, oh, it's good. I'm actually, I'm pretty good at saving and like I'm pretty on top of my budget at the moment. And you think it's going to be a lot easier to pay off, I always find, than it actually is. Like it always takes you a little bit longer after the fact than what you probably think. Whilst we're not all perfect and sometimes the sinking fund isn't an option for you if you're faced with a particular choice and you do have to go down the path of having debt, I think just making sure that you've obviously then got a plan in place once that has happened. So the example for us was with uh, that credit card bill that came at a time where, well, actually we put it on one of those lovely balance transfer interest-free credit cards. So it was on interest-free for 12 months. And again, I shouldn't be admitting this, (laughs) but we, uh, we just kicked that can down the curb for like quite a while, pretty much until like 10 months down the track. Didn't pay anything except the minimum off it. And then we were like, oh, okay, we've got two months to slump up like $6,000. What on earth were we thinking? And so we ended up balance transferring it again onto another credit card. And then at that point we were like, okay, we've got 12 months to pay this off. I was like, this is ridiculous, Cat, pull your head in. So... (laughs) 
I guess, yeah, we're not all perfect, exactly. but you've got to make a plan. Yeah. Well, and we're human, right? Like yep. it's, you can only do your best. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap up, Christine, we've talked a lot about like we're not all perfect. <laughs> and in theory, saving for a lump sum expense <laughs> is really good. But what would you say around reshaping, I guess, your mindset or adjusting your expectations of yourself as to when you want to be able to achieve things? My thing would be, in order to prioritize my expenses, I really need to understand what my values are and kind of, I guess, who I am and what's important to me. And in my stage of life at the moment, that is my health. Once you fully understand that that is your priority, then you can take a look at all your other expenses that you have your day-to-day. and really, yeah, and cut them out and start to think, okay, well, my top things are like having a safe home. Um, you know, I want sure. personal development yeah. and then health. Though, let's say those are my three. Yep. Then is going away every weekend going to help me get to those goals? Actually, maybe it might because it means that I like have a stress-free weekend. And so then it's it's like, okay, okay I can start to prioritize that in my list of things, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so it does. One thing that Luke and I often talk about is um, he is notoriously bad at managing his time and he's going to laugh because I know he listens to the pod guys and I always give him crap about this. And so we often talk about priority when it comes to time. And I think for a lot of people, particularly if you're in a professional job, that's really easy to focus on. But the same thing, I guess the same premise applies. We're always like, well, how do you decide what you spend your time on? You do that based on what's most important to you and what you truly value. And ultimately that's a reflection of you, what you're spending time on. And the exact same thing applies to your money and how you want to spend your money. And then I guess my only thing that I would add to that that we've touched on is recognizing that the choices that you make and your values will be different to other people's. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So even like Luke and I have definitely common values, but there are a couple that are a little bit different. And so sometimes, and as a couple, when we're talking about, say, the priority of larger expenses, that also comes into it because we need to decide, well, you know, find a common ground as to recognizing that at a point in time, you know, Luke also truly valued his health and he really wanted to get a new bike and spend a lot of time riding. And that's quite a lump sum expense versus I might want to spend more time being able to travel back to Melbourne to see my friends and family. And that's something that I truly valued. So making sure that you are understanding and respectful of those around you, particularly if it's a partner, so that you guys can make good decisions about money and expenses together. Yeah, definitely. And I also think that often if you prioritize what you value, that is how you show the other person its value. So for me, Ollie doesn't at times understand why I'm spending this amount of money on my health, but I think he's already starting to see the changes that I'm making to try to contribute towards that and it's helping him understand. So it's kind of leading by example in a way for the things that you value and that's how you can find a common ground to be more aligned to what you think. 100% agree. Thanks for the chat, Christine. No worries. Sorry Kate, thank for you. making you be so honest about <laughs> your PD and other things. Well, and also if if anyone has kind of any big expenses that they're looking to go all in on, we would love to hear your thoughts on how you're tackling them or or past experiences. If you've had experience with those and maybe are reflecting on like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done it like that. Or yes, that was a great approach. Please get in touch and let us know. I feel like it'll be really interesting yeah, to know. Definitely. Particularly because people spend money on all sorts of stuff. So, you know, there's no judgment here. Yeah, exactly. Cool. cool. Thanks guys. Bye. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to join the conversation on Instagram. Follow It's No Secret NZ. And whilst you're here, don't forget to like, subscribe or follow the show so you can be kept up to date for all new episode releases. See you next Tuesday.